What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side. What's going on, everybody? Back at it again for another week of the Trade for Yourself podcast, okay? It's another opportunity for us to build wealth. It's another opportunity for us to really understand what's going on in the stock market and making preparations to have a long-term mindset, okay? So, Bear with me here for a second as I get everything set up. But again, thank you guys for coming back again. Like you guys have been coming back consistently, okay? Consistently coming back since January and we're in November. So I really, truly appreciate you guys consistently coming back week after week, month after month. I really, truly appreciate that. So Let's go ahead and get started again, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast, okay? Well, you know, my mission here is very simple, and I just want to help you learn how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourself. So make sure you please hit that like. Please hit that like and please subscribe to this, okay? Because this will really help me in the channel, and this will help put this information out into the algorithm so other people can see the information, that we're putting out here okay look please disclaimer i'm not a financial advisor nor am i a fiduciary i don't manage money professionally and i'm not an economist so please make sure that you do your own research before investing into any stock now the title of today's episode is very very par for the course okay and the stock market has more uncertainty ahead, specifically related to the findings and the results from the Federal Reserve meeting that occurred today. That Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell raised the federal funds rate by another 75 basis points. Now, this is very, very important because this is going to affect the stock market for the remainder of this year and early next year, and maybe all of next year and beyond. So this is going to be very important. So we need to talk about what happened at the Fed meeting and what all of this actually means so we can kind of anticipate and understand what do we expect the stock market to be doing over the course of the next quarter and the next year. So let me share my screen so we can go through the article, okay, the article from the meeting from today, okay, so the Fed approved 0.75 point hike to take rates to highest since 2008 and hence that change in policy ahead. So 
The Federal Reserve on Wednesday approved a fourth consecutive three-quarter point interest rate increase and signaled a potential change in how it will approach monetary policy to bring down inflation because, as we all know, inflation has been sky high. In a well-telegraphed move that markets had been expecting for weeks, the central bank raised its short-term borrowing rate by 0.75 percentage point to a target rate of 3.75% to 4%, the highest level since January of 2008. Okay, the move continued the most aggressive pace of monetary policy tightening since the early 1980s, the last time inflation ran this high. And many economists have been challenging the Fed and challenging Jerome Powell on what he has been doing with these rate hikes. Now, along with anticipating the rate hike, markets also had been looking for language indicating that this could be the last 0.75 point or 75 basis point move, okay? So moving forward, if I see 0.75, I'm going to refer to it as 75 basis points because it's just easy for easier for me to say that, okay? Now, the new statement hinted at that policy change saying when determining future hikes, the Fed will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation and economic and financial developments. Economists are hoping this is the much talked about step down in policy that could see a rate increase of a half a point at the December meeting and then a few smaller hikes in 2023. Now, what does this language right here, what is this sentence right here telling us? Pretty much what this sentence is telling us is that the Fed has said that they are going to be data dependent, meaning that they're going to see how the interest rate hikes that they've already put out into the economy are affecting the economy. How is it affecting the housing market? How is it affecting consumers, the, the way they spend money? How is it affecting business activity? That's what we're talking about when it's saying that they're going to take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy. Now, let's keep moving forward because we're going to explain things in further detail. Changes in policy path. Where are we shifting? This week's statement also expanded on previous language, simply declaring that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. Now, what is the target range? The target range of the federal funds rate. Right now, the target range is 3.75 to 4%, and they probably will continue to increase. It's just what will the pace of the increases be? Now, the new language reads... The committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return to 2% over time. Stocks initially rose following the announcement, but turned negative during Chairman Jerome Powell's news conference as the market tried to gauge whether the Fed thinks that it can implement a less restrictive policy that would include a slower pace of rate hikes to achieve its financial goals. On balance, Powell dismissed the idea that, that the Fed may be pausing soon, though he said he expects a discussion at the next meeting or two about slowing the pace of tightening. He also reiterated that it may take resolve and patience to get inflation down. 
We still have some ways to go in incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected, he said. Still, Powell repeated the idea that there may come a time to slow the pace of rate increases. He said this at the recent news conferences. So that time is coming and it may come as soon as the next meeting or the one after that. No decision has been made. So let's talk about this restrictive, like that restrictive word. So remember guys, the Federal Reserve has a mandate and they have a mandate of price stability and they have a mandate of maximum employment. Now that price stability is in reference to the inflation. And so the Fed has certain tools that it can utilize to control to control inflation and look at that and look at that maximum employment. And so the higher that the federal funds rate goes up, the more restrictive monetary policy is. When monetary, when monetary policy is restrictive, that means that the cost of borrowing is higher. The cost of borrowing is higher for companies, right? So, so companies, it's going to cost them more to borrow more money. This, this affects banks as a whole. And so banks, what banks can do is banks can charge higher interest rates. This is affecting mortgage loans. This is affecting credit card interest rates. This is affecting car interest rates. All of these things have pretty much a cumulative effect based on how much the Fed is raising that federal funds rate. So the soft landing path narrows. The chairman also expressed some pessimism about the future. He noted that he now expects the terminal rate or the point when the Fed stops raising rates to be higher than it was at the September meeting. With the higher rates also comes the prospect that the Fed will not be able to achieve the soft landing that Powell has spoken of in the past. Has it narrowed? Yes, he said in response to a question about whether the path has narrowed to a place where the economy does not enter a pronounced contraction. Is it possible? Yes. However, he said the need for still higher rates makes the job more difficult. Policy needs to be more restrictive, and that narrows the path to a soft landing. Along with the tweak in the statement, the Federal Open Market Committee again categorized growth in spending and production as modest and noticed that job gains have been robust in recent months while inflation is elevated. The statement also reiterated language that the committee is highly attentive to inflation risk. Now, soft landing. Now, if you're just coming into the market, there's been a narrative that's been going on in the market all year long. We've been hearing about, and the question has been, can the Fed achieve a soft landing? Okay, what is a soft landing? Pretty much what a soft landing is, what the Fed is trying to achieve. What they're trying to do, they're trying to do two things. Number one, they're trying to raise interest rates to combat inflation, while at the same time not putting the economy into recession. That's what a soft landing is. A soft landing is putting monetary policy into a restrictive stance without the economy going into a recession. Now, I personally think that we are right at the doorstep of the of the of pretty much declaring a recession. We're right at the doorstep. We could have a debate based on who's in power based on politically 
we, we can have a debate based on who is politically in power on why we have not achieved that recession rate yet, right? Why we have not actually been officially declared into a recession, but we have some midterm elections that might change that, okay? Let's just, I have some more things to say about that later on. I just want to put that out there right now so you guys can understand what really is a soft landing. Now, this is a very, very good chart that can kind of let us give us a good visual representation of what are we talking about in terms of the federal funds rate. Now, this is a chart of the federal funds rate since July of 2006. And from 2008 forward, the data reflects the midpoint of the target range. Now, look at this back back during 2007 which was which was right in the middle of the, of, of the financial crisis the federal funds target rate was around 5.25% okay right now we're about 3.88% and and when the fed funds rate was up there that's really considered you know restrictive policy especially now and so now we're rising up and we're probably going to get close to 5% or 5.25% in the federal funds target rate. Now, I personally do not know how the stock market will take that. And I don't know how the economy will be able to react to that because these interest rate hikes take time for them for them to go into the economy and actually allow them to actually have an effect. Okay, now... The rate increase comes as recent inflation readings show prices remain near 40-year highs, a historically tight jobs market in which there are nearly two openings for every unemployed worker is pushing up wages, a trend the Fed is seeking to head off as it tightens money supply. That is going to be a big question, especially when we get the October jobs report that's coming out on Friday. Concerns are rising that the Fed, in its efforts to bring down the cost of living, also will pull the economy into a recession. Powell has said he still sees a path to a soft landing in which there is not a severe contraction, but the U.S. economy this year has shown virtually no growth, even as the full impact of the rate hikes has yet to kick in. At the same time, the Fed's preferred inflation measure showed the cost of living rose 6.2% in September from a year ago, 5.1% even excluding food and energy costs. So when you are looking at the core PCE, and this is and this is what this preferred inflation measure is talking about, is PCE, which stands for um, personal consumption expenditures, right? And so that core PCE is very important because core PCE strips out the effects of food and energy costs, which can be very, very volatile, as we all know, as we've been to the grocery stores, as we've been to the pump, right? GDP declined in both the first and second quarters, meeting a common definition of recession, though it rebounded to 2.6% in the third quarter, largely because of an unusual rise in exports. At the same time, housing demand has plunged as 30-year mortgage rates have soared past 7% in recent days. That is a double whammy in terms of people that are trying to get houses right now. Okay, not only are houses still elevated from a price perspective, the mortgage rates going up past 7% is making a mortgage on a house more expensive. That's a double whammy for people that are trying to get into the housing market and trying to own property. So 
On Wall Street, markets have been rallying in anticipation that the Fed soon might start to ease back as worries grow over the longer-term impact of higher rates. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Dow, has gained more than 13% over the past month, in part because of an earnings season that wasn't as bad as feared, but also due to growing hopes of a recalibration of Fed policy. Treasury yields also have came off their highest levels since the early days of the financial crisis, though they remain elevated. The benchmark 10-year note most recently was around 4.09%, and there is little, if any, expectation that the rate hikes will halt anytime soon, so the anticipation is just for a slower pace. Futures traders are pricing near a coin flip chance of a half-point increase in December, against another three-quarter point move. Current market pricing also indicates that the Fed funds rate will top out near 5% before the rate hike cease. And the Fed funds rate sets the levels that banks charge each other for overnight loans, but it spills over into multiple other consumer debt instruments, such as adjustable rate mortgages, auto loans, and credit cards. Now, the one thing I want to point out first is that the current market pricing also indicates that the Fed funds rate will top out near 5% before the rate hike cease. Now, right now, the federal funds rate is at 3.75% to 4%. So it's 3.88% is representing the midpoint of that range, okay? And so if we're going to get to 5%, we'll get to 5% in subsequent meetings, so the meetings coming behind that. But this is the one thing that Powell said that was very, very important to understand that will be affecting the market. What I want to tell you is that the more restrictive that the Federal Reserve is, the lower the stock market will go because they won't be able to take it because when you raise those interest rates, that specifically affects the growth sectors in the stock market. It's going to affect your technology, your consumer discretionary, your, your communication services because the, the amount that investors are willing to pay for earnings are going to increase because of the inflation rate continuing to go higher and interest rates going higher. So that's something that we need to understand. But also pay attention to this as well. There is little, if any, expectation that the rate hikes will halt anytime soon. So the anticipation is just for a slower pace. Now, this is one thing that Jerome Powell said in the meeting that, that made, that really truly pointed out to me. Powell noted that, that the pace of the rate hikes will slow. But, what, what, but what's most important is what range is the Fed targeting for restrictive policy and how long will the Fed funds rate stay at restrictive policy? That's, that's the main thing. We're trying to see, we're trying to see where, where is the Fed trying to get to? Where's the Fed trying to get to in, in terms of the restrictive policy and how long will it stay there? And so now what I want to do is I wanted to pull up the Federal Reserve meetings, right? So the Federal Reserve puts out their projected dates for meetings, okay? And we're going to have a few meetings. We're going to have three meetings coming up over the next quarter that is going to be very, very important. In the, on December 14th, December 13th through December 14th, the Fed will be having another meeting, right? 
And this meeting will be associated with a summary of economic projections. So Jerome Powell is going to come up onto the podium and he's going to tell us what will the Fed funds rate be for the month of December. He's also going to tell us what he expects the target range to be. So pretty much where is he trying to get to? Remember what I said, the pace of the rate hikes is important. But what's important is, number one, where is Jerome Powell trying to get to? Like, like in terms of restrictive policy, where is he trying to get to? And number two, how long is he trying to stay in that range? So December 14th is going to be a very, very important date. If the Fed decides to raise 50 basis points in December, I believe that the market will appreciate that and the Fed will probably raise 50 basis points again in February. They'll probably raise 50 basis points again in March and then slow down and stop the rate hikes at that point. Why do I believe that? Because remember what I said, December, we're going to have a summary of economic projections. The Federal Reserve is going to tell us where they see the economy going things that are happening in the economy, updates on housing, updates on inflation expectations, updates on Fed target rate. That's what we're getting when we're talking about the summary of economic projections. In March, we're going to be getting another summary of economic projections. So at that point, we're going to see in December, he's going to tell us where he wants to get to, I believe. I believe in December, he's going to tell us where he wants to get to in terms of the target range. And then March, he's going to tell us, look, we have gotten to this target range. And now what I want to do is I want to hold the interest rates right here. I want to hold the interest rates right here. And I want to see, you know, what the economy is going to be doing moving forward. So. You know, 50 basis points, 75 basis points, you know, that's that that's not really that big of a deal because at the end of the day, we're still going to get to 5% target rate regardless, whether, whether if it's 4.75 to 5% as the, as the target range or if it's 5.25 to 5.5%. What's most important is what is the target range and what are the Fed going to make that decision to do? And so that's very, very important for us to understand. And so if we look at these 2023 FOMC meetings, remember what I said, we're going to have a meeting in December, December 14th, which is going to be a very, very important meeting. We're going to have a meeting on February 1st and then March 22nd, right? March 22nd, we're going to have another summary of economic projections. So the reason why I said that the stock market has more uncertainty ahead is because Jerome Powell did not give us any clarity on what he is thinking about in terms of where, where that target range is going to be and where the Fed is going to allow that restrictive policy to play that self out. In addition to that, in terms of looking at how long will the Fed stay at restrictive policy, we have to ask ourselves this one question. When will a recession officially be announced, okay? When will, the when will the unemployment rate actually begin to creep higher and creep substantially higher? When will job openings decrease substantially? When will, when will corporate earnings crash down? We were expecting, or I'm not going to say I was expecting, I'm going to say analysts were expecting the corporate earnings for Q3 to be awful. 
but they weren't awful. When will those earnings crash down? Are we going to expect a softening in Q4 in terms of holiday sales, in terms of Amazon telling you to, hey, you know, you might want to expect Q4 not to grow as much. You know, Apple telling us to, to temper back our expectations, specifically in Mac sales, right? Pay attention to what the companies are saying in terms of the guidance moving forward. Has that already been priced in? I'm not sure yet, but... The one thing that we have to keep in mind, especially when we're talking about looking at the importance of the market and what uncertainty we have to pay attention to, we've got to pay attention to the U.S. economic calendar. And so we're going to have some very, very important data points that are going to be moving the market over the next couple of months. So specifically on Friday, where, what are we going to be getting on Friday? Friday, we're going to be getting non-farm payroll, so the October jobs report, right? We're going to be seeing how many jobs were added to the economy. We're going to be seeing what was the unemployment rate and what was the average hourly earnings. So if the unemployment rate is still very, very low and the job numbers are still very, very high, the market will probably not take that into consideration. And and. and and I kind of said that wrong when I say the market won't take that into consideration. What I mean is that if the if the jobs number is very, very high, the unemployment is very low and the average hourly earnings is hourly earnings is very high, the market will probably go down because that is inconsistent from what the Fed wants. Right now, the labor market is out of demand right now because there's more demand for workers than there are workers that actually want to work. Remember, go back to what, what we talked about in the article. For every worker, there's two workers that are needed. And so right now we are dealing with, with a, supply a supply shortage in the demand. And so looking at this non-farm payroll number, the jobs report, is going to be very, very important in terms of what the Fed is going to be thinking in terms of raising interest rates. Next, next week, what are we talking about? Tuesday, election day, right? Looking at election day. Now, a recession has not been declared yet, but what happens if the Republicans take over both houses of Congress, right? Presidents do not take those recession labels very, very well. If a, if a president gets labeled, gets that recession label on them, is is really truly like a scarlet letter. And I would and I would pretty much tell you that if Biden gets that recession marker on him, the Republicans are probably going to take over the presidency in 2024. But let's but let's look at the midterm elections. You know the midterm election for this year. The one thing I want to tell you is that there's always there's always volatility around elections, right? Looking at who's going to be coming in, who's going to be coming out. The stock market specifically likes divided government because if divided government happens, then, then nothing can be changed, specifically from a tax policy. And that's what investors care about the most. They care about the tax policy. And so Understanding that on election day, we're going to be getting more volatility. Thursday, November 10th, what are we going to be getting? We're going to be getting another inflation report, right? Another inflation report is going to see what was the inflation like in October. If the inflation has not subsided at all, 
That's that's again, that's not a good marker for what the Fed is trying to do. But then also think about this before the Fed has their December 14th meeting, we're probably going to get another jobs report in terms of in terms of the November jobs report. And we're probably going to get the November inflation report before we get that Federal Reserve meeting. So understand that there are a lot of data points that are going to be moving the markets, okay, over the next 45 to 60 days, and it's probably going to affect how aggressive these rate hikes will be. Will the Fed raise another 75 basis points, which won't be good for the market in the short term? And then will the Fed raise 50 basis points after that, and then raise 25 basis points after that, and then stop? Okay, also at that point, how long will the restrictive policy stay in that restrictive territory? It depends on how bad the economy will be. How bad will the economy be at that specific time? That's really what we have to look at in terms of expecting what the Fed will do, what will the economy be doing, and all the things of that nature. And so really quickly, before I get out of here, I want to go through the chart because I think it's very, very important to look at the charts very quickly. I'm not going to spend too much time on the charts because we spent a lot of time on the charts, okay, over the last couple of months. And I'm not saying that the, that looking at the charts is not important because looking at the charts are very, very important. It's just that understanding the macroeconomic data is very, very important because no matter no matter what's going on, like understand this. Apple could have the best quarter ever, which they had a pretty decent quarter. But if the market does not like what is going on in the economy, then the market is going to retreat down regardless of the earnings. And that's what's important at the end of the day, because the one thing I want to tell you is that news trumps charts. That's why I've been very, very careful this week. I have not placed any trades this week. I have not went long at all because I need the midterm elections to subside. I need to see the October jobs report. I need to see the October inflation report because that's going to tell me, that's going to give me a very, very good story around what the economy is doing. That's why I'm being very, very careful and being very, very patient. But nevertheless, let's just look at the chart. So I've got resistance on the daily chart. This is a daily chart, daily candles. I've got resistance right here at this level. The one thing I want you to point out is that look at the trading that's been going on since November 15th, okay? Not November 15th. We ain't even gotten November yet. September 15th. We have not closed above 389 in about 45 days going on 60 days now. It's been almost 60 days since we have closed above 389. We were at 389 in the middle of September. We retreated down in a bad cyclical opportunity, right? But guess what? We retreated up. We came back up at 389 and we couldn't break above it. We couldn't break above it. That tells me that the sellers are that tell me that, that the sellers won this battle. The sellers won this battle right here, and the bulls weren't able to make it. Another thing I want us to pay attention to is look at the depth and look at look at how big these candles are because I really truly want to look at how big these candles are. So let's just look at what has trading been like over the last three months. 
that's what I want to look at. What has trading been like over the last three months? Let's look at where we've been, if I can get this chart right, <laughs> if I can get this chart right, because I really truly want to make this, I want, I want, I want to make this out very, very well. So let's look at this. Where have we been? Where have we been over the last three months? Now, October 13th, we had the CPI data come out that pretty much gave us the uh, that gave us the inflation reading for September. And it was bad. It was hot month over month, whatever you want to call it, right? And we came down to 348.11. That's below the 50% Fibonacci retracement level. And if you've been tapped into the Trade for Yourself podcast, you understand how important that 50% Fibonacci retracement level is. That 50% Fibonacci retracement level is literally a representation of the stock market being cut in half. That's, that's what the 50% Fibonacci retracement level is. But notice this, this is a big green candle here. And so we opened up right around 349, came down to 348.11, below the 50% retracement, and then we shot up and we closed at 365.97. Now, this has been a long market. This, is, this has been a long year for us. This has been a long year for me. And it's been a long year for a lot of people that have been following this market. But, but, this market was down big in the pre-market, but we ended up much higher. And then we, we proceeded to keep going. And over the last four weeks, we've been higher. But what is the, but what's the consistency? Why am I pulling out this specific day? Because we got some big economic data that came out and moved the market. And we thought that, that, that the sky was crashing at this time, but the market ended up higher and proceeded to move higher. But watch this though, we bounced off of key resistance right here. Let's go back to February and March. What happened in February and March? Look at this, let's, let's, let, let's get a little bit closer here. Okay, why am I going back to February and March, Devon? Why is this important? Why are we going back to February and March? What happened on February 24th? Russia invaded Ukraine. And the pre-market was down significantly. The pre-market was down significantly when Russia invaded Ukraine. We, we, were at, we, we came down to a level where we opened at 411.02, came down to 410.64, and we closed up at 428.30. We kept going higher. We did not come back and retest this level. And we kept moving higher over the month of, over the month of March. But guess what happened? We retreated in April, had one of the worst Aprils we had in a long time and kept moving lower and we broke this level. If you look at the similarities, look at the news that affected the market in the pre-market. We closed up higher, we kept moving higher and then we came back down lower, came back down and retested this level. If we come back down and look at what happened this time, had bad economic news. The world was ending. It's, it's, it's like what we, the news that we got on October 13th was pretty much telling us, man, inflation is never going to leave. It's never going to leave. But guess what? The market recovered, kept moving higher. If we come down below 370, which I believe is a good, 
is a, is another support level that we need to look at. If we break below 370, okay, I'm not saying that we will, I'm, I'm not saying that it's guaranteed that we will come back down here, retest and break below. But if we come back down here, if, if we come below 370 and the jobs number is not what, if, if the jobs number is not what the Fed wants to see, right? If the midterm elections are not what investors want to see, if the October inflation report is still sky high, if the November jobs report, if the November inflation report, if all of that stuff is still bad and we're still spiraling out of control, is going to force the Fed to raise interest rates by another 75 basis points. And when Jerome Powell comes out on December 14th and comes out to that press conference, that might be another opportunity for him to do what? Another opportunity for him to raise that target range, raise that target range to make it even more restrictive and stay there even longer, depending upon what is going on throughout the economy everywhere else. So this, this is very, very important, guys. And this is why we always have to stay tapped in. I, I like to use the, the verbiage tapped in because when I say tapped in, pretty much what I'm meaning is just staying focused. I'm, I, 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 it's, it's, just a, it's just a slang term just for staying focused, just understanding what's going on in the market, like understanding the similarities. I just went back and gave you gave you an example from February because, because I see the similarities. I see the similarities of what was going on in trading during that time. We could have another situation like that and come back down and retest this level because we are not out of the woods yet by any means. So all of that stuff is very, very important for us to understand and for us to consider. So, you know, the stock market has way more uncertainty ahead, way more uncertainty ahead. Please, please go back and review. Go back and watch the Fed meeting if you haven't watched it. Listen to the questions that the people ask Jerome Powell because that's important in terms of your learning. You're learning how the Fed speak and you're learning about the restrictive policy and the monetary policy and the physical policy and the economy and all of that interest rates. That's important for your understanding. That's why I didn't go too long in the charts because the charts, they're important, but at the same time, the news is going to trump the charts. I don't care what's going on with Apple's business. If the economy is not performing well and investors have not priced into the sufficient level that they want to be priced in, Apple stock is not going higher. So remember, remember key points. Understand what are the next Fed meetings? Where are they? Mark them on your calendar. Understand what the summary of economic projections mean. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the beige book. The beige book is that economic book that the Federal Reserve puts out as a PDF. It's online. Go get it. I'm going to hold myself accountable by telling you guys that I'm going to be going to get the beige book and read the beige book to see what the Fed is seeing in the economy across the United States. I'm holding myself accountable by telling you guys about it. You guys do the same thing. Also, understand that what's important is we understand that the pace of rate hikes will slow. What's important is what range is the Fed trying to get to? And how long will the Fed funds stay at the restrictive policy? 
in my opinion, the length of the in the length of time that we stay at restrictive policy is based on what is going to be going on in the economy as a whole, and what are some upcoming data points that will specifically move the markets. Friday, October jobs report. Next week, we've got midterm elections. Next week, we've got October inflation inflation report. Right in the first in the first of December, we're going to be having. The November jobs report, and then we're going to have the, the November inflation report. Understand that the stock market has way more uncertainty ahead, and we have some things that we have to pay attention to in order for us to move higher. But listen to this. I'm always going to tell you, understand that the long term is very, very important. But this is the time for you to do your research. I know that we're going into the holiday season. I'm going to enjoy myself as I want you all to enjoy yourselves. But spend some time doing that research and, and getting yourself into a position to where you can profit for the remainder of this year and also be able to enjoy yourself and have a good stock market return next year. As always, I appreciate y'all for tapping in to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast. Again, remember, please like this. Please like this. Please subscribe. Please hit that notification bell so every time I post a video on this channel, you will get notification. Please watch it. Please like it. At all, as always, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch up with y'all next time.